strength, and although the water soothed Baibar's dry throat, it couldn't quench a deeper thirst that blistered within him. Amir Baibars, murmured one of the younger officers mounted beside him. Time is passing. The scouting party should have returned by now. They will return soon, Ismail. Have patience. As Baibars retied the water skin to his belt, he studied the silent ranks of the Bari regiment that lined the sands behind him. The faces of his men all wore the same grim expression he had seen in many front lines before battle. Soon those expressions would change. Baibars had seen the boldest warriors pale when confronted with a line of enemy fighters that mirrored their own. But when the time came, they would fight without hesitation, for they were soldiers of the Mamluk army the slave warriors of Egypt. Amir? What is it, Ismail? We've heard no word from the scouts since dawn. What if they've been captured? Baibars frowned, and Ismail wished he had remained silent. On the whole, there was nothing particularly striking about Baibars. Like most of his men, he was tall and sinewy, with dark brown hair and cinnamon skin. But his gaze was exceptional. A defect, which appeared as a white star in the centre of his left pupil, gave his stare a peculiar keenness, one of the attributes that had earned him his soubriquet, the crossbow. The junior officer, Ismail, finding himself the focus of those barbed blue eyes, felt like a fly in the web of a spider. As I have said, have patience. Yes, Amir. Baibar's gaze softened a little as Ismail bowed his head. It wasn't many years ago that Baibar's himself had waited in the front line of his first battle. The Mamluks had faced the Franks on a dusty plain near a village called Herbia. He had led the cavalry in the attack, and within hours the enemy was crushed, the blood of the Christians staining the sands. Today, God willing, it will be the same. In the distance, a faint twisting column of dust rose from the plain. Slowly it began to take the shape of seven riders, their forms distorted by the rippling heat haze. Baibars kicked his heels into the flanks of his horse and surged out of the ranks, followed by his officers. As the scouting party approached, riding fast, the leader turned his horse towards Baibars. Pulling sharply on the reins, he came to a halt before the commander. The beast's tan coat was stained with sweat, its muzzle flecked with foam. Amir Babas, panted the rider, saluting. The Mongols are coming. How large is the force? One of the Tumans, Amir. Ten thousand. And their leader? They are led by the general, Kitboka, as our information suggested. They saw you? We made certain of it. The advance isn't far behind us and the main army follows them closely. The patrol leader trotted his horse closer to Baibars and lowered his voice, so that the other officers had to strain to hear him. Their might is great, Amir, and they have brought many engines of war, yet our intelligence suggests it is but one-third of their army. If you cut off the head of the beast, the body will fall, replied Baibars. The strident wail of a Mongol horn sounded in the distance. Others quickly joined in until a shrill, discordant chorus was ringing across the hills. The Mamluk horses, sensing the tension in their riders, began to snort and whinny. 
Bybars nodded to the leader of the patrol, then turned to his officers. On my signal, sound the retreat. He motioned to Ismail. You will ride with me. Yes, Amir, replied Ismail, the pride clear in his face. For ten, twenty seconds, the only sounds that could be heard were the distant horns and the restless sighing of the wind across the plain. A pall of dust cloaked the sky in the east as the first lines of the Mongol force appeared on the ridges of the hills. The riders paused briefly on the summit, and then they came, flowing onto the plain like a sea of darkness, the flash of sunlight on steel glittering above the black tide. Behind the advance came the main army, led by light horsemen wielding spears and bows, and then Kitbocha himself, flanking the Mongol leader on all sides, were veteran warriors, clad in iron helms and lamella armor, fashioned from sheets of rawhide, bound with strings.